Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one ring-filled minute at a time. We used that last time. I said Dark Lord. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm Norman Mitchell. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we'll be talking about Minute 4, which starts with some battle and ends with Sauron giving you the finger. <laughs> well, all four of them. All five of them, really. Yeah. Well, there's one in particular yeah. that matters. That's not like the finger. That's like his ring finger. Um. Yeah. Still. It's um, funny. I, <laughs> humor. Um. Uh, so I actually have a lot to talk about. But if you mm-hmm. want to go first, you can. Um. So the thing I really want to talk about, I want to. Uh, I could have talked about it on the previous minute, uh, but we get a much better look at it all uh, in minute four is just how much detail there is in Sauron's armor. The close-up on, like, his fist when he's holding his mace, you can see all the tracings. You get a shot of that in Minute 3 with a close-up on the ring, too. But there's all this, like, filigree, and there's tracings of dark speech on pieces of the armor, all the little spikes and bends and the way it's all put together. It's really a a beautiful piece of armor. And the helmet is supposed to look like, uh, as Richard Taylor Taylor says in the, the commentary... Uh, the skull of a fallen horse. Yeah. Uh, I wonder why they picked, like, a horse head. Like, oh, I'm, it, pro- Horses were really widely used in medieval battle, so I mean, like, I don't know. It's it's a dead animal that you would find on a battlefield. Uh, I didn't see any horses here, though. Not here. Right. Like, there aren't any. Yeah, there's actually, I don't think there's a single horse in that, in that no. battle scene. They're all on foot. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of weird. They don't have like a cow because Rohan is the horses, right? right? But you think of elves being all elegant and wonderful on on horseback with their with their bows and yeah, their fancy swords. I guess so. Um, I mean, we we get to see Elrond on horseback later, right? And Arwen, and Arwen, a much Arwen on yes. horseback. Yes. Um. Uh, there's there's some cool little things in this minute uh, from a visual effects perspective too. You get to see some rubber armor happen. Yeah. Uh, we were watching the commentary, and uh, Richard Taylor, the Weta, the chief Weta guy, um, he points out um, forty uh, minute. It's three forty four, um, where Isildur kind of goes to his fallen father's side. He he rests his arm on the like the shoulder pad bit. The, the pauldron. The pauldron of his his father's armor, and it just flexes away like paper. Yeah, yeah. So they. They, it's crazy to me that they made at least two sets of armor for each featured actor. Like like a full metal Like, like a full set. steel set and then rubber armor for them to do stunts in. Um, and, and you'd think they would have had to make at least two sets of rubber armor, one for the actor and one for the stunt The stunt man. double, yeah. Um, um, so they, must, they made thousands of suits of armor. It's ridiculous. I know, like, the Sauron armor, it's... Because it, it looks... I guess it looks real, but it... I mean, there's a guy in there. Yeah, there's a dude in there. Uh, his um, name's Sala Baker. And we we looked him up on IMDb because I was like, is there a dude in there? And there is a dude in there. And he is a stunt guy. And he has worked on some of my favorite movies, honestly. Um, he's worked on all three Lord of the Rings movies. Um, the first Narnia movie. Uh, the first three Pirates movies. 
Um, he worked on the second Sherlock Holmes, the one with Robert Downey Jr. He's in The Expendables as a stuntman. Yeah, Iron Man 3, both uh, the first two J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, Ant-Man, Deadpool, and Captain America Civil War. So yeah. props to that guy. And Aragon. And well, we don't talk about Aragon. Um, well, all of, all of his first movies were all fantasy. It's right. like yeah. Lord of the Rings, Pirates, Chronicles, Aragon. Yeah. Yeah, um, some TV work, but yeah, that's so cool. Um, we, we're gonna we're gonna be able to talk about him again a little later because he plays someone else in this movie that actually has a line. Yeah, but that's you know, <laughs> it's a long way now. down the line. <laughs> uh, we'll point him out when we get to him again. Um, but yeah, that's Sala Baker who's swinging that mace around and making all the armies of men and elves. He he also did weapon demonstrations for Deadliest Warrior. That's crazy. Uh, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, the guy's been all over the place. Props to the stunt because you never think of like of stunt guys, of yeah, stunt guys. But there's literally for every action sequence, there's at least you know. I mean, not everybody's Jackie Chan. Exactly, yeah. Not everyone can do their own stunts. Yeah. Um, what else we got in this minute? Oh, um, uh, there's we, a Wilhelm yeah, scream. Yeah, we have the first Wilhelm scream of the trilogy. Um, it's at 31 seconds in. Um, when it, and it's very subtle. It's really easy to miss. Yeah. Because okay. there's a lot of other. Screaming going on around it. Um, but I thought it was, I heard it and I had to go back and we listened for it for like three other times. So like the, the idea of the Wilhelm scream to me, this is, this is a very far away tangent. <laughs> um, but the idea of the Wilhelm scream to me is so interesting from like, I don't know, like a movie making perspective or just like an archival perspective because it's the original recording that they continue to digitally touch up mm -hmm. forever. That was recorded 70, 80 years ago almost. It's amusing to think because it's, it's become such like a, like a pop culture thing. Like, yeah, but like kind of. But like a, like it's, it's on par with like Looney Tunes, you know, like it's so cartoonish. Like it's hard to imagine that a guy actually made that noise. Yeah. And like, it's, this is like a really weird thought, but like <laughs> the idea that like someone is maintaining this master Wilhelm scream yeah. file, Who's and in that maybe of the someday, archives? and then maybe someday it'll deteriorate to the point where it's not really usable anymore. Like, but who's in charge of this? Whose job is to be like, all right, you have one You're responsibility. You're the keeper of the Wilhelm. You're the screen. keeper of the Wilhelm, Wilhelm scream. <laughs> but like, which gives me like this weird idea for like a suspense movie where like if the Wilhelm scream ever stops existing, something terrible will happen. Oh like maintaining God. the Wilhelm scream is like some duty, like some conspiratorial, like fantastical duty in Hollywood. Well, like, and then something like Cthulhu will rise if the Wilhelm scream <laughs> deteriorates or something. But it's like, it's like, you know, you're like, you're a ring keeper. Like you're the keeper of the Wilhelm scream. Like, yes. You gotta <laughs> keep it secret. Keep it safe. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. I just, the idea of the Wilhelm scream to me is just so funny. Yeah. It, it's been in movies since the thirties. Like, it's like Hollywood's one continuous. It's like, the continuity of Hollywood. Yeah. Like tracing the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the first movie it's ever in is like some Western from like either the 20s or the 30s. That doesn't like when, surprise me. When sound first happened in movies. Right. They're like, look what we can do. We it's like this some guy gets like hit with an arrow and just lets it out. Right. And like that's the first Wilhelm scream. <laughs> I can't even do it. It's so good. And it's in everything. I'm going to try. We're going to try and keep a Wilhelm scream tally. Like, I 
I'm dedicated to this. All right. I want to know how many Wilhelm screams there are in Lord of the Rings. What are our guesses? Let's 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 guess now. Well, there's and we'll at least, come back to there's this. at least one in every movie. At least. Yes. But like what what's our guess to like the total in the trilogy? I would say 6. I'm I'm going to be I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go a little further and say that there's 10. 10? I'm going to say there's 10. I don't know. Cuz I, I think I think I know where there's a, there's at least one more in this movie. I think because they're so long they can sneak in maybe two because usually there's only one in each yeah. movie. Uh, I know where there's one in in uh, in Battle of Five Armies, right? Because I recognized it because right. you hear it really clearly. Yes, uh, but yeah, the Wilhelm scream. You think six? I'm going to say ten. We'll get there. Okay, we'll keep track. Are we betting money? No. Come on. What? Like a dollar. <laughs> like a dollar. We'll make it's a bet. It's a dollar. <laughs> um, I'm not going to look up how many there are. I don't no, want to know. We're going we're to find out we're gonna, organically. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, let me see. Do you have anything else for this? Um, let's see. I think most of it is next time, too. Um, I think so. Oh, we can talk about, um, because you know a lot of, um, Silmarillion stuff. Yeah. So do you want to talk about Isildur's dad? Because it's, like, the only time we see him. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Yeah. His name's dad. Elendil. Elendil, right? yeah. yeah. He's, not, he's not super important to anything, really. He's just the um, guy that made Isildur. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Um, Elrond's history is much more interesting, but really has nothing to do with anything here. Right. Like, his his, his family line goes all the way back to Baron and Luthien, in a story which is paralleled by Aragorn. Right. And Arwen, uh, spoiler alert, Elrond is actually Aragorn's uncle, removed by a, like a number of, of generations. Years. But not that many generations, because Numenorians live a long time. We can we can talk about it when we get to Rivendell. Yeah, we can. We'll be in Rivendell for like an hour. Aragorn Maybe not. Aragorn and her cousins. <gasps> Scandalous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything else to talk about at this minute, really. But there's you don't have any like Elendil is isn't really important. I mean he's I not that I recall. Like how does how does one decide that you're just gonna wage war against this giant being well, okay. with the head of a dead horse? So let's let's say that you're Gondor. Okay. Let, let's say that Gondor let's say uh, let's simplify this even more. Let's say Gondor is your house. Okay. And your neighbor is Sauron. <laughs> the house next door is Mordor. Okay. Okay. Is there a, a magic there's, fire mountain? There, there's a magical fire mountain. <laughs> he's he's got a bonfire going all the time. He's building something over there. And you're not sure what it is. All right. And then he gives gifts to all your friends, but not you. But not you. Oh. Oh. And no. then he says, "Ha ha! I've tricked you all. Those gifts are mind control hats." <laughs> and then he turns nine of your best bros into evil beasties that work for him. You might be mad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, all right, that's fair. But then, like, how does does um does Elrond like just hang out with dude like men like um? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> so so what? All right, so so we'll get into a little bit of Silmarillion stuff here because it's really interesting because they call this the last I mean, alliance in El- of elves and men because the prologue is all Silmarillion. Yeah. But they, they call this the last alliance of elves and men, right? right? Well, someone's missing from that equation, right? Uh, elves? No, dwarves. Elves. Oh, yeah. Have dwarves been invented yet? Yeah. Okay. Dwarves, dwarves exist for a long time. 
uh, but they weren't supposed to exist. God got mad. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And he, he sealed them away. And you shouldn't they live do that. Um, so dwarves weren't really super involved in this war at the end of the Second Age. Because mm. um, Lord of the Rings happens in the, it's third, the third Age. age. Right. Okay. Um, and then when Aragorn takes the throne, it's the Fourth Age, the dawn of the Fourth Age, right? It's either it's either when Aragorn takes the throne or, or it's a little bit after that. Okay. Um, I can't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure there's. A, I've got a timeline in the, the back of the book over of here the somewhere. Age. Um, so, dwarves didn't get super involved in the War of the Ring, right? Uh, because they're dwarves and they're stingy little guys, and they're just like, mm, it's not well, our they business. take care of like their own. Yeah, like, they they just kind of like retreat it and let everybody else do their own yeah. thing. Um, I think I, I think there are a few dwarves that got involved, but for the most part, dwarves stayed out of it. Well, okay. So my question is because there are seven seven dwarf lords. Yeah. Why all the dwarven rings of power? By the way, uh-huh. uh, Tolkien never wrote a whole lot about what happened to them, but they're essentially just all gone. They're all missing. Um, with the assumption from a lot of people, like characters in the stories, that Sauron somehow reclaimed them. That oh. Sauron has them. So did he like reforge it into like this pretty like desk ornament? Or I don't know. Like the, the 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 ultimate fate of the dwarven rings is like something that's not really known. Does he just have all seven like as like one of those like bejeweled trolley figures on his desk or something? Like <laughs> or, or like one of those pendulums, but it's just yeah, seven, seven dwarf with rings. seven with the rings that click um, click click click. It's like it's like the palantirs. No one really knows where they all are. The, those are the seeing stones. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, no, like it's not really talked about a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for all for all the things that Tolkien wrote down, there are certain things that's just like, well, that's never gone over again. Right, but like that, Lady Ents. But I think it adds to the mystery because it yeah. is supposed to be a mythology, and mythology for the most part there are like either gaps or conflicting accounts yeah. or conflicting stories, like like um like all the Norse mythology, like you have. Yeah. Three different creations of the world, and yeah. you know, with um, cows and other things, right? Yeah, um, but which I think is cool because it adds by not contributing to the world building, it adds to the world building, yeah, in a weird way. Yeah, um, there's also so we talked about last week, uh, not last week, yesterday, yeah, uh, about we've only been at this for four days, yes, it feels so much longer. <laughs> Um, Strap in, buddy. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm ready. So we, we, we talked yesterday about, either, either yesterday or the day before, uh, about the shape of Middle Earth. And you're like, oh, you supposedly, like, if you line yeah, it yeah, up yeah, with, with yeah. the UK or whatever. So uh, reading a few things, uh, again, and, and looking into that. So Middle Earth mm-hmm. becoming our Earth, there's supposed to be an end of the world and, like, a sundering and a reshaping. And the world went from flat, which Middle Earth was, to a globe and our Earth. What? Yeah. Because God reshaped the world after all of this stuff happened. So, like, the flat Earth people are right? Yeah. According to Tolkien. Right. Once upon a time. So the flat Earth truthers are vindicated in this alternate timeline where elves showed up? Yeah. I was just reading about it today. I thought it was really interesting. Um... And like the the nature of souls in in Middle Earth is kind of interesting too. We should talk about souls when we talk about dead people. Yes, <laughs> well, because because elf souls and man souls are different. Man 
and so are dwarf souls. Yeah. They're different than either. Well, they're all they're all different. They're different peoples. So. Yeah. Um, and the the form that a a Maiar, which is the kind of being Sauron is, yeah. takes, um, they kind of choose. But the physical form that a soul takes is called a Roa. Huh. Uh, and a soul is called a Fea. Weird. So back to the Silmarillion, Feanor. Feanor, yeah. Uh, means uh, what was it? Uh, is it soulless? No, it means uh, nor means fire, so it's fire soul. Oh, that's interesting. Or soul of fire. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, so his name is like related to the idea that he was a great smith and a forger. Oh. Yeah. How about that? That's yeah. so cool. I mean, Tolkien's a linguist. Of course, right, people's names right. matter. Yeah. Uh, but we're we're way off topic. No, I know. I think but... it's time to end this minute and yes, move on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can uh, find us at duelinggenre.com, contact at lordoftheringsminute.com. If you know anything about souls in Middle Earth or if you want to tell us about your flat earth, Middle Earth theory, that's cool. Um, tweet us at L-O-T-R Minute. Um, we're on Tumblr, lotrminute.tumblr.com. Um, check us out on Facebook. Please, if you are so inclined, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. Hopefully it's a five-star review. I know we're just, we're still kind of getting started, so we're kind of figuring out the format of the show and, you know, how to really approach this because there's a lot of, there's just a wealth of material and it's like finding a needle to talk about in a haystack. There's almost too much. We can never talk about everything right but we're gonna try yeah we'll try as long as it's relevant which we haven't really been relevant but it's i hopefully you like our tangents hopefully they're entertaining that's that's our goal yeah um is to entertain you um and if you uh are into doctor who i co-host uh the doctor's companion um which is a podcast we talk about doctor who with my co-hosts scott and nick and they do back to the future minute um, which is on a hiatus right now, but they have over 200 episodes, so you can go ahead and binge that. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, and we also write for, well, I do, not Norman. I'm not a writer. Um, <laughs> Norman's a reader. Um, yes. But I, I write for, direct, co-produce uh, this uh, audio drama hosted on Dueling Genre called Geek by Night. Um, so if you like audio dramas, uh, go check that out. Um, please uh, support us on Patreon, um, and if you are kind of wary of inputting your credit card information or don't want to do $5 a month, that's perfectly fine. We have a one-time donation button on the site, as well as some merch, uh, but uh, we don't have any Lord of the Rings Minute merch yet, but we'll get going on that. I'm sure we'll get some eventually. Yeah, it's, we have over 200 episodes to go, so I'm yeah. sure before the end we'll have some merch. Um, and special you get thanks. some magical fire mountain t-shirts. Shut up! Oh my god, it's never gonna go away. Special thanks to our Patreon associate producer Leaper One Eighty Two, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.